Hi everybody, Michael and Marsha here and welcome to episode 3 of the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about the power of sales and some actionable strategies on how to overcome them. We've actually written about this before on our blog, but we felt like this was a really interesting topic that we wanted to unpack again. Specifically in this episode, we cover our resistance to pay full price for things, how we celebrate buying items on sale, how ethical shopping changes the narrative of value, and we share our tips on how we distinguish between wants and needs. As always, you can find the links to resources at our show notes, which can be found at theminimalistvegan.com slash 003. That's theminimalistvegan.com slash 003. Okay, that's it for now. Let's get straight into it. What's happening? I don't know. I'm keen about this topic. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Guys, welcome to this episode. Last year, we wrote an article about how to overcome the power of sales. And I think this is kind of like minimalism 101 is starting to mitigate and be intentional about the things that you buy. And one of the biggest triggers in human culture is sales and how we respond to sales. Uh, so want to spend the next little while talking about um, how sales have influenced the way that we shop and then also share some tips that we've learned over the years of terms of how to control our habits and behavior when we come across sales, when we're buying things as well. How does that sound, Marsha? Sounds good. Excellent. Sounds like an epic episode. <laughs> yep. Um, so I, look, I, I just wanted to kick off with a really open question for you and no, I'm scared. Okay. (laughs) I just, uh, want to get your general thoughts on the idea of paying for full price for things. Right. Well, I don't like paying (laughs) full price for things. Um, who does, right? (laughs) Well, I think from a younger age when I started first working while I was still studying in retail. I think if you don't work in retail, it's, I mean, this is my belief anyways. If I didn't work in retail, I would probably find it easier. Mm. And having an online store as well, that's next level. Yeah. But it just showed me how much, like because you'd get your staff discount and then things would be on sale and you'd still get things cheaper and I'd never pay full price for anything. So that yeah. mentally conditioned me to never pay, pay full price for things that I liked that would be full price for other people, just not for me. Yeah. So, um, you know, I never liked paying full price because I knew the discrepancy in how much. That how things are marked up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They buy it at a cost or wholesale and then they lump... 50, 60, 70% onto the price and then they use that gap to sort of play around and get people to buy the, the product. Yeah. I mean, we experience this on the other end as, as people who sold products. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, when you kind of see how much they're willing to discount things, you go, well, you're obviously still making a little bit of money on that Yeah. to be able to discount it that much. Yes. So, in... In my mind, it was like, well, who in their right mind would pay full price for something when the markup is so ridiculously high? Yes. I mean, this is specifically talking about fashion. Yeah. So that was my experience. You know, I sold jewelry. I sold fashion in different 
types of stores. So I um I just refuse to pay full price. Yeah. So So do you almost that, feel like you're uh do you feel like discontent if you have to pay full price for something? I mean now I do, but in the back of my head, I justify it with who I'm supporting. Yes. So for me, I feel more comfortable paying full price knowing that I'm supporting a brand that's doing the right thing. Yeah. Whereas with those brands that I used to work for over a decade ago, they're all fast fashion brands, not as like H&M and Zara and all of those, but they're still, you know, they're still up there. They Mm. still you know, mark up ridiculously high and don't have good quality. Who knows where the clothes are made and the materials aren't that great and all of that. Um, But bringing it back to paying things full price now, yeah, as long as it's, it depends who I'm supporting. Yeah. So if I'm supporting someone good, then I actually don't have an issue with it. It's interesting. But if it's on sale and it's something that I need, then that's awesome. But yeah. it's not as big of a barrier for me as it once used to be. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I tend to agree when you, like I love Etico sneakers. They're fully vegan sneakers. They kind of look like Converse All-Stars. But when you pay for them, it's like you, you feel like, okay, cool. Well, if you can give them as much money as you can for this product, it's going to help them to continue to supply these products to other people yeah, and like shift the demand of ethical products in the market. So that's really motivating yeah. to support them. Mm. But of course, we're talking about hard-earned money. Mm. So, you know, of course, if there's going to be a coupon code available on the website yeah. for their shoes, you're going to sort of take advantage of that. I think that's just so ingrained in our DNA. Yeah, even if are. it's like 10%, yeah. you'll sign up for the newsletter so you can get that discount. I yeah. mean, it actually surprises me when websites don't have <laughs> any kind of discount. Yeah. So you kind of go fishing around looking for it, okay. Because, I mean, we ran an online store for two years Mm. and everyone that first signed up got, what, 15% off? Yeah. And then every single month for three days from the first till the third of every month, they got an extra 15% off. Mm. So people would – that's when we'd make most of our sales. And then when we'd have like a special – We'd never do like, sometimes we'd discontinue products and make them cheaper. But most of the time, that was the only time that we did any sales was that consistent so that people knew when Mm. it was coming. Mm. Um, Mind you, that can be a downfall for you as a a company to not really make too many sales otherwise. Yeah, because your goal at that point is to increase the the average cart size so you're actually hoping that ironically yeah on the other side you're actually hoping that people will come to the website for one product like they might want mascara and then they end up walking away with shampoo and conditioner and body lotion yeah um to build up the average cart size because that's how you make money but i've actually noticed yeah and that's true but i noticed in the behavior of the customers that we had that wasn't the case. They'd buy what they just needed. Maybe there was a couple of them. Yeah. But generally speaking, people would just buy what they needed and leave it at that. Yeah. Whereas... We're attracting uh, conscious consumers. Yeah. But it's interesting because I used to be that type of person, like how can I squeeze the biggest benefit out of this? Yeah. 
and, you know, get the free shipping as well as the discount and all of that. And now being on the other end of experiencing that, like sometimes we'd get a sale, I'd literally make no money on that sale because you'd get free shipping, but then you still have to pay for postage. Yeah on your end and that's normally when they'd spend a little bit more that means that it's a bigger parcel so you're spending like twenty dollars on postage for them they've gotten their 15 percent off Mm. and your profit margin has completely disappeared yes so then you kind of go okay well am i doing this to other businesses other small businesses that you want to support so i've kind of looked at it from that end Mm. and gone well is it fair really to be expecting that from people? And, you know, I mean, everyone has different priorities, but for me, it's always been buying quality over quantity. That's a really interesting point you said now that, yeah, when you have the business owner hat on versus the consumer, the customer hat on, mm. yeah, it's, it's almost knowing how hard that can be yeah. as a business person. It, I think you actually make a really valid point. Now, when I revisit shopping online with some of the most trusted ethical brands that are doing the right thing, it's almost like, how can we find ways to support them rather than actually looking for that coupon code? Yeah. It's a completely different way yeah. of looking at how you're spending money. Yeah. I mean, mind you, we curated products, so we weren't mm. making any of our product. So for us to get a product from a brand, mm. they'd have to make a little bit of profit there before they gave it to us wholesale. Yeah. And so then we'd have our markup. But if that brand sold that product themselves and gave the same discount code, they'd actually be making more money than we would. Does that make sense? So I think a lot of the time you're supporting brands from the branded website. Yeah. So they have higher margins. Yeah. Yeah, they've got higher margins, but not to say that you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't pay full price. But I think. I mean, that was just a, a different case for us and we didn't have that much buying power in terms of getting bigger discounts or yeah. free postage with, you know, Australia Post or whatever. But, yeah. you know, we did it because we wanted to share ethical, vegan, organic products with people and that was, at the end of the day, that's that's what it was. Whether yeah. or not it was making money, that was a different <laughs> story. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's well. I think it's it's good when we're talk, exploring this topic. I think it's important to look at both sides um, of the equation when it comes to sales as a as a tactic. But um, I know that for, for for me, it's I'm not as concerned about finding discounts as I once was. Hmm. Um, I remember. Like growing up, but, well, but even realistically, now, how often do you shop? I don't shop often. But, but then, when you do, like when you go on your favorite website, yeah, and you find like, oh well, if I buy more, I get a discount. Oh well, maybe, but <laughs> but but we'll get back to that because when I when I shop for clothes, for example, it's a it's a very specific. It's like a project, yeah. Like and you know, there's like a you know, there's there's some pretty strict rules around that when I make a purchase, particularly in bulk, uh, and to maximize that opportunity. So, we, but we'll come back to that. I, I was just hoping to, I think, share about this concept of celebrating sales yeah. as a as a culture. I think it's 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 funny because when I look back at, at my journey, my mother now um, is uh, she's a I'd say she's a professional shopper. 
Would you say so, Marsha? <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah. From a few years ago. I mean, I haven't spent too much time around her when she's doing shopping. But yeah, she knows. She definitely knows how to shop. As in a yeah. like, professional shopper, e.g. she doesn't buy anything full price. Yes, yes, correct. <laughs> and she takes pride in that. So uh, when I was growing up, when... But she refuses. Like she won't buy it yeah, if yeah. it's full price. She's patient as well. Yeah. She's opportunistic. Until it comes she waits on for sale the right. yeah. and she asks the staff, like, yeah. so do you think this will go on sale anytime yeah. soon? And <laughs> even though just arrived in store yesterday... <laughs> Yeah, so she she's always got her finger on the pulse with that. And I remember when she would drag me out to department stores because uh, I didn't like... I've never really liked shopping. No. But she would drag me out to department stores and... Realistically, um, which male does? Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> there might be some out there. Um, but I remember the goal would be quite specific. Um, it would be like, okay, cool, we need to go and get like a toaster. Like our toaster's broken or kettle's broken and we need to go get one. So that in itself was a bit of a journey, right? Because she'll often go to multiple stores. If she finds one kettle she likes, then then she'll start to go and find that same kettle in other stores to see what the best price is. Yeah. Um, and That's that w- how I used to shop. Yeah, I think a lot of us do that. I think we yeah. find a brand that we like or we find a product that we like and then we might not necessarily buy it then, on, and there. then and there. We will go ahead and do that further research to see if we can get it cheaper from elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but what we'll find is that, okay, we'll get the, the kettle or the toaster and sale mission accomplished. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, let's get out of here. We're done. <laughs> but of Nuts. course that if there was sale on the kettle, it was likely to be sale, uh, sales and other items in the store. Right. And this is where things got very frustrating for me, but it was opportunistic time for my mum. So she would use this time to go, oh, okay, well, what else do you have around? FOMO would kick in. Yeah, fear of missing out. Oh, the knives are on sale as well. Oh, okay, what about this vase? Oh, that's interesting. And then you start to justify things that you don't necessarily need Yeah. that weren't on the list yeah. to begin with and would end up going home with all of these extra things that we didn't need but we because we got it at a discount or a bargain. But the narrative when we got home, it was like a hero. Like mum would come home and she'd be like the house Showing hero. Up. And we'll be like, oh, we'll have the bags. And we'll be like, oh, and then we got this knife. And can you believe it was 40% off? And my sister would be like, really? And like, it'll be like a celebration. And I'd sit here as a young child being like, you know, thinking this is the behavior of how to shop. So this stuck with me for such a long time. And then um, when I was in my early 20s, uh, I remember one of the best sales I had ever experienced was buying this hood, hooded leather jacket from a typical department store here in Australia. And it was $300. But if you bought anything else in the store that was of the same price or less to the item that you're buying, you get 50% off that. This is a really common sales tactic you see in retail. But for me, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get my buddy Kyle involved in this who wants the same jacket. And then that way we can get both jackets at $450, um, which would be a huge discount. So I'm sure people listening to this have experienced a much better discount. But for us, we were hyped. We were so proud that we managed to get these jackets. So you're that saving it... $75 each. Exactly right, which is quite yeah. significant. So, um, you know, that's another example of, you know, celebrating sales in our culture. Hmm. Um so it, but that's not technically like that's a promotion, not a sale. 
So that was like, if you buy this one and you buy another one. So if you just bought one, it wouldn't be on sale. You'd still be paying 300 bucks. Correct. So it's, I don't know if it's necessary. Is it a sales tactic or is it a promotion? Well, I think they fall into the same category because a sale is a form of a promotion. Yeah. Right? So a promotion could exist in percentage off, dollars off. Uh, you get free items if you buy additional things. It could be in the form of free shipping. Like there's so many tactics that you can use, um, but it's all the same thing. At the end of the day, you're saving money. There's a perceived... Yeah, but if you buy that one item, like I still feel like there's a, there's a difference between sale and a promotion. Okay. Like a like free shipping that to me seems like a promotion. If you spend a certain amount, you will get this. Yes. But what's but it's interesting though because free shipping comes when you spend more. Yeah. But you're not spending more with a sale. Yes. You're spending less technically, but the intention is for you to buy more. Correct. Because you've saved on an item. Yes. So So the impact is still the same. Like the psychology that it plays on you as a consumer is still the same because it's trying to entice you to buy more. Yeah. Well, look, I'd love to hear from everyone else if they think what if there's a distinct difference between a sale and a promotion because, yeah, I believe differently <laughs> in a way that it's, you know, they've got different tactics to still get you to spend, yeah. but it depends on what which tactic it is yes well yeah well i think it's yeah i'd be curious to hear from other people as well but but yeah it's it's ultimately it's all promotion right we could we could easily rename this to how to overcome the power of a promotion uh which would also encapsulate the sale um so that's true yeah um so what else comes to mind well i think when you're looking at sales, you've really got to be mindful between the difference of need and want. Yes. And how that draws on you when you're in front of something that you want mm. rather than need. And this plays into something that you want to talk about, which is the wish list. Yeah. So I think when we first became vegan or minimalist vegans, actually, I think one of the biggest pain points for us was how we shop. Uh, And this was, I think food was okay. I think we've got a pretty good handle on food and where to source that from. But I think it really was for just your, your general everyday consumable products, whether it's fashion, electronics, etc. And and I think for us, I think because we're so focused on finding, you know, the right products that are in line with our values, um, that we would get really excited. It's like when you first become vegan and then you go to Portland and then you're just spoilt for choice with like all these vegan options of food and then the and then you overindulge because you're just so excited. And I think it's the same for when you're trying to shop a little bit more consciously. It's like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I actually found like a company like Boomi that sells bedding, like organic cotton bedding that we've finally been looking for. Mind you, it can be like at the beginning, I found like a quite a frustrating process because there's not that much out there. 
And this is why, I mean, it's improved heaps in yeah. the last few years, and, but you've got to find people in those pockets. You've got to stalk people on Instagram or find, you know, talk to your friends about it. It's not something that you will definitely find if you go to a shopping center. Oh, yeah. So most of it's going to be online or secondhand. Yeah, you make a good point because we we don't shop in person really. No. Um, for for uh, products of that nature because... You can't ask ask a shop assistant in a department store, you know, if the jeans they're selling is fair trade. Like they you can't have, expect they, them to know that. They have no clue. Yeah, so you, you're right. We we shop in these. I niche mean, I've websites. tried, and they just looked at me like, "What?" Yeah. Okay. Well, like I think I remember a year or so ago, I needed some jeans, and I walked into David Jones. Mm. And I said, have you got any ethical jeans here? Mm. And the girl took about 15, 20 minutes walking well, around Well, did you say ethical store. or did you say like organic material? Well, or... I first started with ethical. Right, yeah. Um, and I didn't even get to organic because there wasn't anything. So there was one brand that's made in Melbourne. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's made ethically. Mm. So, I mean, a lot of people believe that if it's made in Australia, that it's made ethically. Not necessarily. Mm. They do still exploit people, um, you know. So, you've got to be mindful of that. And so, she was pointing me... For, for the other thing was finding um, vegan-friendly mm. Because some of them, most jeans have that bloody leather chunk yeah, at the back of tag. them. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like it must be a what for just to put the brand, I'm guessing. I yeah. don't know. It's stupid. Um, but yeah, so and I remember going back another time and asking them about jumpers maybe mm. if they had any vegan ethical jumpers. She went through about 30 different brands, mm. couldn't find a thing. Right. So I just, and I like to try things on, especially when it comes to clothes yeah. and shoes. But you just, there's nothing, I mean, at the end of the day, it depends where you are in the world. Yeah. Like if you're in New York or London or, or something. Or in London or something. Yeah, there's, uh, look, we're seeing, obviously we're seeing more of these boutiques pop up around the world. Yeah. Uh, which is fantastic. But for a lot of us um, who are trying to be a lot more conscious about how we buy products, it's, yeah, it's online's our best friend. Mm. So, but I think when we started shopping online, that started to shift sort of our behaviors in shopping. Yeah. Uh, because it became a lot more mission driven, a lot more specific. I find that I'd, I'm not as impulsive online as I would be in person for some reason. Yeah. Do you find that? Because you're in, in the comfort of your own space. Mm. You think you process things through. You can put things in the cart, walk away, come back. Yeah. Rather than standing there in the shop and going, oh, my God, like, just i got to make a decision. Yeah, you're right, actually. Oh, you know, or you get hungry. Yeah. Or like, you know what I mean? Like you're in the, <laughs> middle, of, you're or, in the middle of shopping. And or exhausting. you're with someone else that's yeah. like, just hurry up. Are yeah. you going to get it or you're not going to get yeah, it? Just true. make a decision already. That's true. This there's, is why I hate shopping with others. Yeah. There's an innate, like, there's a there's more urgency when you're in person. Yeah. Because, yeah, for whatever reason. But can we, meters. can we just go back to the whole thing of 
want versus need mm. because I find that this is where the biggest definition, I guess, is with minimalism is that you focus on purchasing the things that you need rather than want. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah. wanting things and that's okay. Sometimes or, or what if you, say, you I like really... the word essential. Like what you think yeah. is, is essential. Yeah. Um, because that could be something that you, you want because it can really enhance your life in some yeah. way, shape or form. And it's okay that physical possessions make you happy. You yeah. know, like we're not all Zen Buddhists that meditate for 10 hours a day. Yeah. And not that there's also anything wrong with that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But at the same time, you've got to be realistic about it mm. and not put on this whole facade that you're presenting minimalism in a way that'll please other people Yeah, and do things behind closed doors. Like I still actually enjoy going to stores when I'm traveling. Yeah, I like to check out what's around mm. and I like to look at pretty things. Mm. But that doesn't mean that I'll necessarily buy those pretty things. Yes. But if I come across something that I've had on my mind or my wish list for a while and it fits the bill, yeah, then great. Mm. But if it doesn't, it's just nice to wander around and see what people have. Yeah. Um, so, talking about that, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the wants versus needs is it's a pretty hard thing to distinguish. And I think it's it's really important that you actually start writing down mm. uh, what you intend on bu- uh, buying. And I'm just jumping into... So, even like if you look at your wardrobe and you go, okay... I really just need a plain white T-shirt to go with these jeans or to go with this dress or skirt or whatever. And then you pop that on your wish list so yes. that you know that this is the item that you need. Yep. And if you're someone like me that probably would go to the shops or would go online and wouldn't find that thing that I need straight away because yep. it always manages to somehow magically disappear. <laughs> You've seen it a million times somewhere, yep. but all of a sudden no one's selling it. Yep. So then when you come across it, and as I said, it fits the bill, then you purchase it yep. rather than go specifically hunting for that item and wasting time trying to find it. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, let's be honest, nothing is urgent unless let's say you're going to a wedding, you know, like there's certain events that you need specific items and this is where people crack i find that you know i think there's been some examples with us i think it's we we've we've had underwear on our wish list Mm. before yeah we're talking about underwear this is something pretty fundamental to a wardrobe yeah (laughs) um you either have undies or you don't have undies so and you know okay Everyone listening, raise your hand. Be honest. Raise your hand if you've got underwear right now that is completely worn out and not presentable if it wasn't underneath your clothes. Uh, I don't know. This was the case for us for a long time. So, we would have underwear, which is a lower cost item on our wish list. But sometimes we would impulsively be attracted to something else we come across. Right? So, the question that you know you and I always have, and this is the power of the wish list and writing down everything that you need in advance, is that you kind of can start to make decisions. Because when you see something impulsively and then you can bring it back to saying, well, is is those new pair of jeans more important than the underwear that's already on the wish list? Yeah, and you've pulled me up on this multiple times in the last yeah. few years. I'd look at something and I'd be like, oh, that's absolutely stunning. 
And I'm still developing my style in yes. terms of clothes and fashion because I haven't been until now been able to find really something that suits and fits me well because I'm tall and lanky. So it's just mm. trying to, you know, and sometimes people don't really, if they don't pay much attention to it, they don't know what their style is. They just buy things because of necessity. Yeah. So as I'm trying to craft my style and everything, I do come across pieces that I go, this would be beautiful in my collection. Or sometimes you'll say, this would be really good in summer when it's winter. Yeah. So it'll be like a... But then he goes, well, is it on your wish list? And then I go, bloody hell. (laughs) And the thing is, sometimes your wish list can be quite long, right? Because what I love about the wish list, particularly a digital version, you can do this on paper as well, but how we do it is we we have a shared uh, to-do list in Wonderlist. So it's an app that we use to manage our whole life, basically. It is the best (laughs) thing ever. (laughs) Maybe another pot on that. But... We will have, uh, we will brain dump everything that we need. So this could be sneakers, bras, hats, backpacks, and uh, in Wonderlist uh, we assign it to each other. So it might be uh, something that's assigned to me or to Marsha, and then we have notes. So there's a, a, a place to write notes, and in here is where we'll start actually adding links to products that we've come across yeah. that we're considering for, like a backpack, for example. Yeah. How long have I been considering a backpack for? A while. Yeah. So it's like, so we'll put links. At least six months. At least six months. So we'll put some commentary in there and we can add comments. So like we'll, we will actually exchange like commentary on making a decision for a backpack and whether it's on sale or not. So we'll have a whole list of items in this wish list that we'll use and that proves our intentionality. These are things that we have deemed as essential. So then everything else that comes up, that's impulsive, we refer back to the wish list. Now, if something that's come up impulsive has got it deem essential, then we'll add it to the wish list later. But it won't become the point of focus at that present moment. Yeah. Um, Well, let's talk about some of the questions that we actually ask before making a purchasing decision. So let's use this backpack as an example. Yeah. So what are some of the questions that we've been asking before looking at buying you a backpack? Yeah, well... It's, Do you want me to start? I've yeah. got a whole bunch of them. Okay, yeah. I think I think I think I've kind of not given up, but it, it's it is a bit. Look, it's not as draining to shop online as it is in person, but I think shopping ethically. I found if you don't find what you're looking for after like four or five websites and like yeah. an hour, you just put it to the I side. Just, and it just, becomes too much. Yeah, yeah, and I just I procrastinate on the purchase. So you Well, you I don't actually I'm not one to as I said before like go online specifically looking for unless it's uh, relatively urgent mm. I don't go and find like only if I come across them or if someone mentions something or I see something or it comes up in my feed or whatever it is. Yeah. Then I go digging a little bit deeper. Or if I see someone with an amazing backpack, I ask them where they got it from. Yeah. But the questions that I, like we've learned from our mistake, we've purchased a backpack online. Yeah, right. A vegan backpack Mm -hmm. that you're currently using Mm. because you have no other. Mm. um, That you use every day when you leave the house. So the size, it's just too small. Yeah. But. It is what it is. Mm. So once you get a bigger backpack for yourself, I'll take that one because I actually have moments of wanting to use a backpack. It's a nice backpack. As well. It is nice. 
But the main things is the size, the quality, because you yeah. need something durable and sturdy. The materials used, because a lot of them use strips of leather and especially if they're quality, you know, the zip the yeah. zip section, they yeah. have a chunk of leather there. A lot of synthetics in there as well. And, yeah. you know, which brand it is. Yeah. We don't actually mind spending the money on a product because we know that we will be using it for the next 10, 20 years. Well, ironically... Price doesn't even come into the equation as the first question. No. Price or sale or any of that yeah. for this backpack is not even on my mind. Yeah. For me, it's about what you said is yeah. functionality, yeah. style, yeah. and ethics. You know, those are the key, the key things. So that's, um, that's why it's taken a bit longer. And this has been on the wish list for like six plus months. So guys, if you have any links <laughs> you want to share with us. With well, look, backpacks. I'm sure we can find a backpack. Yeah. We just need to put in a little bit more effort. But clearly, you know. But it's not a priority It's not a priority. So, so we've got a blog post that lists, I think, 25. About yeah, 25. 25. 25 um, ethical fashion stores. So if we really wanted to, we could go on there. Yeah. And um, find something, but again, it's not a, it's not a priority for us to be digging around. Like we've got podcasts to record, <laughs> we've got a lot a lot of things to do at the moment. Yeah, it, true. But but at the same time, I think it's it's you know that raises the question, and this is probably something that we need to figure out. When you've got a wish list, mm. you know, how do you prioritize things on the wish list, and yeah. then how often do you go out and buy? Because we found that as minimalists, we really don't shop uh, as much as we used to at all, at all really. No. Um, so as you said, occasionally it's the more impulsive experiences which are a little bit more fun. Like sometimes you'll just be like, "Oh, I've been looking at this book for the last two years." And I'm thinking to myself, I've never heard about it before, but sure, you know. Yes. This is one of your impulses, is buying books. Yes. Um, and for me, sometimes... And apps. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it's more so on the on the food front, or I love trying different foods and experimenting and, yeah. um, you know, leave me in a health food store and I'm in heaven. Yes. So... Um, yeah, but it's, you know, the thing for me, another thing I wanted to talk about was the whole feeling guilty and really being a minimalist, right? Mm. You can sometimes have this preconceived idea of what you need to be mm. and what it means to be a minimalist to the whole minimalist community or to the whole world or how people define it. Mm. So if you like you have this microscope put on you, is microscope the right word to use? Spotlight maybe. Spotlight. Mm. You have this spotlight put on you to make sure that you're being this minimalist in inverted commas as what everyone else would believe that you are. Because if you go out there and buy something impulsively because you really liked it, all of a sudden, well, that's not very minimalist of you. Yeah, right. So it's just this whole like, okay, well, it's okay sometimes to buy things that you want rather than what you need. Yeah. And even if it's not on your wish list, but if you stick to it 95% of the time yeah, and, you know, like... Well, of course. It's I mean, okay. I mean, you're miles ahead in terms of your intentionality if you have a wish list in the first place. Yeah. So, you know, all you're doing is limiting the impulse. 
Mm. I think we're still human, right? Yeah. So I think it it's still there's something spontaneous um and and particularly the way we like to shop, we want to support brands which we feel are doing the right things, which are in line with our values. So yeah. impulsively there's a lot less guilt because mm. yes, there's the minimal side, but then there's the the compassionate side of us as well. So there's two values come at an intersection at this moment. And sometimes it is impulsive, but I think you can look yourself in the mirror and say, have I been intentional about what I've purchased broadly? Like yeah. generally speaking. Yeah. And yes. But mind you, I, we don't ever buy things just for the sake of supporting. You know no. what I mean? Like, yes. So I'd prefer like if I'm going somewhere and they have food that I can support them with rather than buying a physical good, Yeah. then I'd prefer to buy the chocolate bar or whatever Yes. because that's a consumable and I will enjoy that consumable and I've still yeah. managed to support them hmm. rather than buying, you know, their tea set or something well, like that. Well, you make a really good point. Let's talk about consumables for a second. We buy deodorant paste yeah. on a cycle. Yeah. Right. So... Is there any consideration of, you know, recurring purchases uh, that, you know, it's appropriate to look for sales for? I mean, well, there's that and then there's also buying in bulk, like buying, you know, what you were saying before. Like if you buy three of these, you get one at half price or, you know, because that's also what happens sometimes Mm. and that encourages you to, well, I'm going to be using this on a regular basis. Mm. So why not, you know, but then it's like, well, you need storage for those things. Yes. So it's this, like, I've always had a battle with that a little bit of trying to work out. Well, I mean, we're still going through products that we had from our online store that we use that we sort of saved for ourselves. Um, But I like, for me mentally, I actually prefer seeing just the products that we're currently using. Yes. Rather than having like a backlog of three, four deodorant pastes for when we need the next one. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's a whole other world of trying to work out, well, then how much time are you spending going out and buying that item each and every time and yep. thinking, oh, my God, I've got only two applications left of this deodorant paste. I'm going to run out. That means I need to go to this health food store on the other side of town or buy it online. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like working out, well, how accessible is this item to me? Yeah. Weighing it up, well, how much time you're wasting on buying it every single time. Yeah. So... I mean, that's a tricky one for me. But I think, yeah, and uh, but I also think that uh, I think we're pretty confident in our behavior to, you know, if we did get deodorant pa- a paste on a sale on a regular basis, that we wouldn't be enticed to buy other things at the same time. No. I mean, you know how like with toilet paper, we have it. A subscription. A subscription for it yeah. every however many weeks, um, which is great. But we don't get a discount on that. No. So that's just like for for, you don't have for to Australians think about out it. there, it's called "Who Gives a Crap." Yeah. <laughs> we'll put we'll put a link in the show notes as well. It's a, a great brand. Is it just Australian? Uh, I think they're expanding, but started okay. off in in Melbourne, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's great because you don't have to think about toilet paper ever again. Yeah. And so, if you could even like, I that think to me postage is, good. is that, free. That to me is great type of consumption. 
Yeah. You know, if you can get things that you, you're, you're proud to support, companies you're proud to support with a really good use case for the products uh, and that you get on a regular basis and you sign up for a subscription, I think that's a great way to shop because mm. that's like the wish list, but like even more advanced because it's like automated. Yeah. Right. And um, and you're getting something that's quite essential. You can see me get more excited about something like that <laughs> than the impulsive purchases. But um, yeah, I think I think it's okay if you you know I, look. I think sales are good. So like sales at the end of the day, it helps you save some money. But I think the main you thing you've got to put perspective on it though. Yeah. Exactly right. I think it's just about how the question is, how do you mitigate and limit your impulsive decisions? Yeah. And because that's what sales are designed yourself. to do. That's yeah. what they're desi- like, That's literally why they exist yeah. is to entice yeah. you to buy more. Yeah. And that is the basically the enemy of minimalism in this situation. By maybe more in the situation, but also buying things that you don't necessarily need or yes. will want in a week's time. Yes. Like if you looked at that product full price, Put that put that hat on or put those glasses on and go, well, would I buy this product? Would I value it as much if it was at the full price? Yes. And on that note, you've also got to catch your pride mm. because if you've made this decision to buy this knife at 40% off that you didn't need, even when you don't actually need it and you realize this, you won't admit it to yourself mm. because sometimes you're just so high on the fact that you got it at such a great price and you made this decision, mm. you couldn't possibly be wrong about that. Yeah. So I think it's also just catching yourself post-purchase to reflect on, like you said, if it was this, it was this at full price, would I still value this item? Mm. Um, and the discount just so happens to be like a bit of a cherry on the top, a bit of a surprise and delight for your situation. Surprise yeah. and delight. <laughs> <laughs> then then that's, that's cool. Um, but don't get too hung up on wearing a sale as a badge of honor. Mm. Like, can you believe, can you believe I got but this much But as humans, honestly, I mean, I used to do this a lot, yeah, like a lot. And I, you know, like even if I do get things at a good price or like it's not that it's a sale price, but like I brag to other people about supporting something yeah. that's good yeah, and that how affordable they're selling it for. Yeah. You know, like for instance, the skincare that I use, I love it. Mm. And a lot of people that I've recommended to love it as well. And she prices her products. It's made, all handmade by one woman. Mm. And she prices things reasonably well considering the product quality Mm. and how much work is put into that compared Mm. to a lot of high end that you'll find even in department stores. They're not organic. They're not handmade. They're full of crap. Mm. and they double that price and you go well you know what i mean so it's about bragging about the right things to people not about the sale items it's about well actually no if you need a serum here's the recommendations because i absolutely love it yeah and i think it's important for this woman to keep doing what she's doing because selfishly as well you want to keep buying that product you don't want it to go out of business yeah that's true Uh, that's changing the narrative altogether yeah i I love that uh can you believe i got this for this price to can you believe i found this serum yeah and it ticks all these well, boxes. Not, can you believe? It's more like, yep. you know, this serum, I've, I've really loved how it works. And, you know, I think that you would love it as well. Yeah. 
Um, and I always, I'm the type of person that always offers, like, I'll give you a little bit to try if you want and see how it works for you. Yeah. Because the last thing you want is to recommend things like not everything's going to work for everyone, but like you, they, that person can try it first. And if it doesn't work for their skin, well, they're not going to bother. I hate wasting product. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's It's like buying something and and particularly beauty, beauty. There's a graveyard of beauty products in so many cabinets around the world. Just a graveyard. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think that's a really good point. shampoos yeah. or deodorants that don't work. And especially for you guys out there that love natural, organic, vegan products, it can be really difficult. And I yeah. mean, this is why we started our online store, but it, it's, it's not an easy task and it can be then disheartening. And then you go to just like your local supermarket because you feel disheartened and go, well, I know that this will work. Yeah. But what it's doing to your body and the planet is a completely different story and the animals maybe it's not cruelty free either. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, that's a whole podcast probably <laughs> in itself because I'm really passionate about all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Marsha is um hardcore conscious consumer. Uh ab- absolutely uh, asks a lot of questions at a point of sale. And but but I and think specifically when it comes to like skincare yeah. and body care. With with that the the and girl you buy off um, for your beauty products. Do you buy that stuff on sale? Have you bought that stuff on sale before? Dad, she never has sale. Interesting. And she doesn't do free postage over a certain amount either, which is why I feel a little <laughs> bit frustrating. As like I'm spending hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. And you know, but you know, like because we used to sell her products, I think she does. Um, last time, I think she did offer me a discount code for free shipping and that made me happy you know i must yeah. admit it made me happy <laughs> of course it did and i just thought okay well and um but yeah so it's and it depends like if 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 i can get something somewhere physically i'd actually prefer to do that i'd i'd personally am not a massive online shopper yeah. if i can find that product somewhere locally i will go and buy it's just it a there. bit hard hard with the type of shopping, the yeah. type of requirements that we have when we shop. Yeah. but Because you end up spending so much money on shipping if you're just buying one or two products from one brand. Yeah. And, and you don't want to stock up. And it's not very environmentally friendly as well. No. So, but but I think the that's really fascinating to me that you, yeah, like she doesn't really offer any sales or discounts. No. I mean, and, she did, but it's like, you know, I think... For February, she was offering 20% off her body oil. I don't use body oil and like that's nice for people that do. Yeah. But, and even if I was using it and if I wasn't, if I wasn't ready to buy it, I wouldn't actually buy it Mm. just because it was on sale. Yeah. So I think this is where you got to catch yourself and go, well, I don't need it right now. Yeah. I'll just leave it. You know, yeah. it's okay. I'll buy it in two months' time when I do need it. Yeah, regardless of whether it's on sale or not at that time. Yeah, and it's hard. It's it hard to hard. walk away yeah, from that. Yeah. I can totally understand that, and I and I feel the same way. But sometimes you just got to go. You know, you have your routine. Sometimes it's good to work out a schedule of how often you buy certain things, and just focus on buying those products rather than trying a million other products. Invest more money into the things that a good quality and work well for you yeah. rather than trying 10 other products along the way to spend even more money on those 10 products than you would on that single one. 
And I think you've touched on something that's really fundamental to minimalism is bringing things into your life that are essential. When you're so happy and content with what you're bringing into your life, yeah. I think it makes it a lot easier to forget about whether it's on sale or not. Yeah. Because you're really excited about this particular product. The fact that it works and the fact that you can actually access it. Exactly right. Yeah. So I think that, that that's what I'm hearing for you is like, cool, yes, it'll be nice if it was free shipping. or But at the end of the day, I need this and it serves my purpose. It's essential to what I need. Yeah. And I want to support her. Yeah. So that becomes a conversation. Mm. Um, in the absence of all of those other things, whether it's essential, whether it's, um, you know, it's ethical, vegan friendly, fair trade, organic, etc. Then it becomes, it's all about price. Yeah. It's all that, and of course, that's that's going to be your main driver and motivator and a lot because of you're shopping for brands. Feel like they can't afford that. Well, yeah, you know? but you're you're looking at brands and yeah. labels, yeah, things that you recognize, and yeah. then you're seeing if you can get it on sale. That's mm. your motivation mm. in the absence of everything else we're talking about. I just remembered there was one lady um, that um, came into my work where when I used to work in a bulk store. Yep. And we were taught, I don't even know how we got onto the topic. She was just saying that she'd been having digestive issues and stomach aches and all of that and was saying that she's been juicing celery every morning. And I was like, mm. oh, that's great, but are you buying organic? And she goes, no, I can't afford organic. Um, you know, like it's $6 in the supermarket, but organic is $8. And I was like, well, that's in my head. I was thinking that's not that much of a difference. It's $2, but if you're juicing it every day, yeah. like half a celery – that can add up. Mm. I think sometimes I'll finish the story first and then I'll get back to this point. But sure. she then went on to browse the store. It was the first time in the store and went into the confectionery section and bought a handful of chocolates that cost her about $20. Oh. And then I was thinking to myself, well, what are your priorities? Yeah. Like... If you're prepared and you know full well that juicing non-organic celery because it soaks up all of the chemicals mm. from being sprayed, that you're literally juicing, like you're going to be drinking a concentrated version of that mm -hmm. and you're trying to help heal yourself, mm. um, you're not prepared to spend that extra little bit of money, but you're buying chocolate and you feel like you can afford that. Mm. I mean, I'm not judging her. She can splurge on chocolate. That there's no, you know, like she can do that. That's not a, not it's not an issue. But then that she's complaining about not being able to afford something, yeah, because it's too expensive to add an extra couple of dollars on for something that will benefit her. So it's actually you hear this all the time. Well, I can't afford that. So it's it's probably more. If we're honest, it's more. This is not a priority to buy organic. Yeah. Yeah. Salary. Yeah. In that situation. That's yeah. that's probably the the honest truth yeah. in that situation. But I think maybe she just felt like, you know, I can't afford it because she could see that I understood the benefits of juicing organic versus non-organic. Yeah. So, but I just, even just after that discussion and then serving her and her buying, you know, 20 plus dollars worth of chocolate, I was thinking, okay, this is interesting. Like... So you see, like, that was an extra 10 celeries worth if you added that extra $2 on yeah. to buy the organic that's going to do you much better. Yeah. So 
in a roundabout way, I'm trying to just make a point of make sure that you focus on your priorities. And I think that a lot of people use that sometimes genuinely you can't afford something. Mm. But a lot of people use that as an excuse because they buy quality, uh, sorry, quantity over quality. Yeah. So they'll buy 10 different products, as I mentioned before, and like go through those and not be happy with it or just because they like variety or whatever or because they... Or the brand. They, yeah. yeah. Um, but then if you buy one quality product that equals the same amount, well, which, you know, like... For me, I find that I'll always go, and that as a minimalist, obviously, you want less product in your life anyways. Yeah. But just prioritize where you're spending your money mm. and how you see that. It's like, well, okay, I've got $50 in my wallet. Yeah. How am I going to spend that most effectively? And what's going to give me and my body the best fuel yeah. and, you know, my mind or whatever it is. So as, you know, being around consumers a lot, it's interesting the things that you pick up mm. and what people say that they can't afford, but really they can, but they just choose not to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, they can't afford it. This depends on the price or the discount. Yeah. So it's, um, look, I think there's some really good things in this conversation. And, and if there's one thing we want people to take away on top of what Marsha said, it's to, uh, you know, as, as, as minimalists, it, it's all about intentionality. And I think, coming down to planning what you consume is key to this uh you know i know a lot of you have shopping lists for even your groceries um we do the same thing um so having a list for your consumables your products your fashion your beauty products um i think when you write everything down and you can objectively look at what your intentions are that's when you can start to make better decisions and the concept of sales starts to melt away Right. Yes, it's still a factor, but it's not the leading factor. Right. And so this is how you can reduce unnecessary purchases. Yeah. So it's a good conversation, Marsha. Yeah. Have you got anything else to add? No, I think, We've I think I'm done. We've covered so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, uh, to but be honest, we've got food for thought in there. Yeah. And I think we've got to actually add things to our wish list, ironically. Yeah. There's, um, <laughs> we, we probably, we probably need some things that we're just burying at the moment that we could probably add to it. And, um, I'm curious to actually jump onto some online stores and just see what's happening out in the market at the moment, particularly with uh, ethical products and, you know, how much I'm impacted by sales. I'm actually, you actually inspired me to change that that narrative in my mind altogether about, mm. you know, leading, supporting, yeah, supporting the brands rather than the sale. And yeah. yeah, particularly when I put that hat on as a business owner and how much that meant to us. Yeah. So, um, mind you, a lot of the time you are reminded of that store. If you sign up to their newsletter or something, when they do have sales. Yes. So that's when you go, Oh yeah, I remember you. Let me jump on your website and yes. see what you've got to offer at a discount. Yeah, I don't have too many so, of them in my inbox. I don't either. Maybe there's two or three max and yep. one of them never does sales. So, but like it's just an interesting exercise to do, to see, to look at the website and go, okay, if everything's full price here, what I actually still buy yeah. compared to, well, if everything's on sale, how many things would end up in my cart? That's true. And you know what? I do have one more point to make. And this is like the idea of waiting for sales yeah. and, and cycles in our culture. Yeah. So Boxing Day, Cyber Monday, 
Um, what's the other big one? Black Friday. Black Friday. Uh, these are like <laughs> these are like events yeah. in our in in the Western world when it, it just comes to shopping. Me. It is yeah, crazy, like how we all respond to those moments. And uh, look, n- not to put judgment out there because I think um, I've been impacted in some ways or another over the years as well by those moments. But it's um, I think there's a huge consideration here because i think we can talk about wish lists all we like but then when we have a wish list the motivation like if you're someone like my mom she's a very patient shopper mm. you know and she she knows oh, she'll wait yeah. to save those few dollars <laughs> yeah, that's yeah for sure. right so you, there's this whole idea of okay let's just wait for black friday yeah or boxing day uh before i execute on that purchase or just i mean mind you they don't even have to wait for those three sales a year Mm. There's a sale every second or every day. Yeah. So it's like mid-season sale, yeah. end-of-season sale. Yes. I just got engaged sale. Like yeah. there's just sales for everything because I think that shoppers are catching on to the fact that they refuse to pay full price. Yeah. So this is where culture, I think, is shifting that people need to put things on sale more than they did 10 years ago yeah. because they can't attract customers otherwise because we have too much choice. Yeah. So this is the problem. And the expectations are completely changed. Like, yeah. You know, like there's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast of like, I never buy anything full price. Yeah. Like I never do. Yeah. <laughs> so so there's, there's that mentality. Mm. Uh, or buying things cheaper, mm. even if they are full price. Like, you know, if you if you shop at like Kmart or Target, buying a kettle from there is definitely going to be cheaper than buying it from a department store like yeah. David Jones or Maya. Sorry for all your international listeners have no idea besides Target. Maybe Kmart. I don't know where yeah. Kmart is. But um, so there's there's that perception of, you know, like, well, it is full price, but it's cheap as like a yeah. $5 dress you know like but then you got to ask yourself i'd like to do a podcast episode on actually going through and talking about why it's so important to shop to shop ethically and to support yeah. the right brands and Absolutely. what questions to ask and all of that but we'll leave that for another day but what was i talking about what was um, the point i was trying to make michael um <laughs> well yeah so shopping cheaper products but they won't last I mean, every now and then you'll get lucky and that product will last you 5, 10, 15 years. We have IKEA stuff that just did not fall apart. Yeah. But I'm just saying more like electrical stuff and um, all of that, like buying a $15 kettle. Yeah. In reality, what is that made of? Who's made it? Yes. How much of that money is going to the person that's made it or machine or company or whatever? And how long will that last? And how safe is it as well to be used? Like, I think a while ago we bought one that kept short-circuiting our house. Yeah. So, like, you just got to be thinking, you know, longevity rather than how much is this costing me right now? Well, how much will it cost you long-term? Because Mm. how many times will you have to swap that product out because it's cheap and it's not made to last? Yeah. So, Absolutely. anyways, I could keep going. Rant. I think we'll end it there. Rant's over. <laughs> <laughs> She's fired up. Um, but, yeah, guys, so I think, yeah, last point is, yeah, 
uh, how you react to these big shopping events. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, again, uh, that doesn't really come into our minds as much anymore uh, because I think if something's on the wish list, then there's a level of urgency about it and we're just going to buy yeah. it whenever we can. And, and, like, when you think about wish lists, don't think, like, all oh, these fancy things. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, wish lists can be for anything. It can even be for deodorant paste that you use every month. So yeah. it's not necessarily items that, you know, will cost you a few thousand dollars or, you know, you kind of think you need to save up money for to buy. But it's more so things that you just know that you will either need. Mm. Um, you can even create like a reoccurring cycle around it, knowing, okay, so this is how frequently I I buy this deodorant paste. Yeah. This is when I'll need to, this is when the cycle will come around again. Yeah. So you can stop thinking about these silly little things. Yeah and automate it as much as possible. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, how often we're thinking about buying things and yeah. thinking about if they're on sale or yeah. not. And and that energy that's used yeah. that could be used elsewhere. Yeah. Good point. All right, guys. Look, we might leave it at that. Thanks um, for tuning in. Yes, this has been a good episode. And as always, we'll be sure to link to all of the um, resources and pages that we talked about in this episode yeah. at the show and notes. If you have any questions, just um, post them down below. Yeah, as I'd, well. I'd love to get. Like, I, I think I'm curious to to hear the response of people listening to this of how they can't. Even the question, the simple question of, do you buy things at full price? How do you feel when you buy things at full price? Does it matter to you? Um, you know, that would be a really interesting thing to unpack. Yeah. Um, so. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Michael. Till next week, Marsha. See ya. Bye. Well, there it is, guys. Dealing with sales as a minimalist. It can certainly sneak up on you if you're not careful. We mention a few links in this episode, which can be found at theminimalistvegan.com slash 003. And if you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback, be it positive or constructive. It also helps others decide whether this show is right for them. My question to you, though, is do you hate buying things at full price? How else can we start measuring the value of our purchases outside of price? That's the question. If you have some thoughts, leave a comment at theminimalistvegan.com slash 003. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that for now. As always, thank you for listening to the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Your time is valuable and we don't take your attention for granted. Here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Talk to you next time. Peace.